Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's a, a privilege to be here with you this morning to share uh, on the theme of street smarts. Um, uh, this is actually the first time I've ever uh, gone completely non-paper and using my iPad for my notes. So if I get lost, um, I, um, just you'll see me kind of spinning through. But it's, um, uh, it's always a challenge to kind of adjust to the different uh, cultural uh, things and how things work. Uh, we bring greetings to you from our mission and also the, the churches that we're working with uh, in Ghana and in, uh, throughout the sub-Sahara region of Africa. Wherever we go, they always say, uh, please bring greetings uh, from us, especially as they know that you are our sending church and they appreciate your participation and, and uh, walking alongside us uh, so we can be doing the work that we're doing. In many African cultures, I'm going to be talking a little bit of, I can't get Africa out of my blood, and you're going to be hearing a little bit about missions even here, because I just can't not talk about it. Uh, In most African cultures, um, uh, the deep things of life are often spoken in Proverbs, and there's a few examples I'm going to just show you uh, here. Uh, Some of them you've heard before, uh, and some of them you didn't even maybe realize that they were African. Uh, Ones like, it takes a whole village to raise a child. Uh, I like the next one that says, uh, uh, one who loves you, loves you with your dirt. And um, uh, we know that as parents. Uh, one that says, if you want to walk fast, walk alone. If you want to walk far, uh, walk with others. And that's one that we really see as we partner with African churches to be able to say, like, let's uh, do this together. Uh, and that there's, it's not just kind of two people. Um, as when we come together, uh, God really uses that. Uh, but also ones like when two elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. Uh, The next one, uh, if you think you're too small to make a difference, you haven't slept uh, the night with a mosquito. Um, uh, We in Equatorial Guinea and and in Ghana and places like that, we we know what that's about and the impact of something very tiny. Uh, To get lost is to learn the way. Uh, The next one, a lot of the women will like this one. Uh, If you educate a man, uh, you educate an individual. But if you educate a woman, you educate a whole nation. Uh, and that is really seen by most African uh, countries. They know that the, the women, uh, the women of their culture, have a very uh, strong impact on teaching their, um, uh, their people. Uh, characters like pregnancy, um, uh, it can't be hidden forever. And, and this is one of my favorite ones that um, uh, it's said in different ways. No matter how many times you wash a goat, it will still smell like a goat. And, um, uh, and there's all different cultures that will say many of the same types of things. But... African proverbs are, used, um, proverbs are used a lot in the African culture, and that sharing back and forth uh, of counsel and advice, especially coming from the, the elders to the, old, uh, to the younger people. Uh, in a, uh, when elders in a tribe or a clan in Africa, when they get together, and I've been in many meetings like this, you can be listening and you'll understand all of the words that are being spoken, but you won't understand anything that they're be- that's being said. Because they're speaking from proverb to proverb. And so all the things that are being discussed, you understand all the words, but truly you don't understand the depth of what they're saying unless you understand the proverbs, uh, where they're coming from. And also the idea, like I said before, that idea of young people going to older people for advice, to be able to understand uh, what they should do when they get older. Uh, Here in this culture, we usually talk to our peers uh, but for an African to go to his uh, peer, someone who's young like him, to say, to ask who I should be getting married to, uh, you would never go to someone uh, your own age. You would go to somebody who's been doing it for many years. 
And in many African cultures, you get some men that have lots of experience because they've married maybe two and three and four wives. So they've got lots of experience on, um, uh, on marrying in, in positive and negative ways, I would say. And one of the most important times in, a, uh, in, in the culture's life is when an elder in the village, a father is about to die, uh, very similar to the biblical culture, uh, they will um, bring all of their people together, all of their children together, so that they can, first of all, bless them, but also that they can pass on words of advice um, uh, for them to not make the mistakes that they made themselves. And we see this in Genesis uh, 49, uh, when Jacob, when he called all of his sons together to bless them uh, and to encourage them. And in some ways, in the way that he spoke in uh, Genesis 49, to rebuke them uh, for some of the ways that they were, um, the way they were walking. I was given uh, the theme as the heart out of Proverbs 4. I'm not used really to be kind of given just kind of a theme and just kind of a verse to speak out of, uh, but it's been good because it's been challenging me to look at my own heart. And what, working through this passage, it really has had an impact on me. Uh, the first verses that we see in uh, Proverbs 4, and please uh, turn to your Bibles, to your uh, paper Bibles or to your digital Bibles or whatever you have. Uh, the first verses will begin by saying, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Uh, and so the whole passage that we have here, this whole um, proverb, is really the cry of a father speaking uh, to his son. And ultimately, we see that it's like the, the Father God speaking to us as his children, as, as uh, sons and daughters and children, uh, and he really cries out to them. And that kind of cry for him to listen to his instructions goes on and on and through the whole passage in verse 3. For I too was the son of my father. And so listen to me because I know what I'm talking about. Verse 4. Then he taught me and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Verse 10 it says, Listen my son, accept what I say. You can just kind of sense that, that crying, uh, calling out to his son, please listen to me. I know you've got your own ideas, but please listen to what I'm saying. My son, pay attention to what I say. Verse 21, do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. The father is begging his children to keep the words in his heart. He says, I've been there. Don't make the same mistakes that I have. And we realize that this is written uh, probably by Solomon. And we know that even he, done, he did a many, many great things for, for God, building the temple. But he also made many mistakes as well. And he passes these words on to us so that we can be freed from them. Like I said, the, the author ultimately, God himself, is urging the son, the listeners, all of us to remember in verse 23, uh, above all else, guard your heart from, for everything you do flows from it. And so the author here is saying, above everything else that is there, uh, guard your heart, because from your heart, everything else flows right from there. So the main focus, the main point that I'm trying to get across this morning uh, is this. The condition of our heart will determine the outcome of our eternal lives, our daily lives, our ministries, our jobs also, and how we affect others that are around us. What we have in our hearts, it's going to flow out and it's going to impact everything that we're doing and also the people that uh, are around us and closest to us especially. Before going into uh, the verse that I'm going to be focusing on, verse tw uh, 23, I just want to talk a little bit about the heart. 
And I'm going to be talking about uh, the heart of God, God's heart, and also the heart of, of man. Uh, you see this one little kind of picture on the side. Um, uh, in the Canadian culture, that type of picture talking about man's heart doesn't go over very well. Because uh, it just sees all the wicked things that are in there. But in Africa, uh, I'm sure, Edom, you've, have you ever seen this picture before? Yes, it's very common. When you're preaching the gospel, you often use uh, this sign to really show um, uh, uh, people where their hearts in, the wicked things that are there, and the need for Christ to be able to come and cleanse. So we're going to look at God's heart, first of all, and also man's heart or our heart. I'm going to divide God's heart into three different areas because I wanted to fit missions into here somewhere, brother. Um, uh, so we're going to look at the, the creator, um, uh, creator God's heart, um, uh, also the father God, and also the, the missional God heart as well. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on each one, but I just wanted to emphasize just the different aspects of the heart of God. So the, the creator heart, uh, heart of God. We see it especially in the Genesis story, uh, where we see that God made us in his image. And he saw that it was good, and, and God had a happy heart uh, when, when he created us. And he saw the man and woman that he, that he created, and he, um, he put them into the garden. And because of, it was his creation and how he loved them, uh, he loved them and he protected them. He gave them security, and he had an incredible intimate relationship uh, with them. And above all, finally, he gave them freedom to choose. He gave you and I freedom to choose how we're going to follow in the type of relationship that we'd have with our creator. He desires us uh, that we would love him and that we would obey him and that we'd ultimately worship him uh, as well. But as we all know, in Genesis 3, God, uh, um, God gave the freedom to Adam and Eve and they decided to go their own way. And they disobeyed God. And because he is our creator God, and always looking at the best for us, God put them outside of the garden. He put them outside of the garden so he could begin a plan to repair something that was broken. The relationship that we had um, intimately with the Father um, was broken. So he put us out so that he could start working on that plan uh, to be able to restore it. Before Christine and I were married, uh, and even before uh, I was a Christian, because we weren't Christians when we first got married, uh, someone gave uh, me a proverb, uh, a verse, not a biblical verse, that had quite an impact on my life. Uh, and the verse was this, a ship in a harbor, harbor is safe, but that's not what ships were made for. A ship in a harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are made for. The creator heart of God he could have made man and woman, and he could have placed them in the garden, just like a beautiful piece of art, and he could have just protected them, and he could have programmed them uh, so that they could just obey him, and they would just worship him upon his command. But he wanted more. He want, wanted something very special, the relationship between us and him. So he set us free. He set us out to sea with a free heart to choose but with the deep desire that we would come back to him so that we could worship him. The next picture, the father heart of God, we see that in verses 3, 10, and 20 of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 4, we see that cry of the father always calling back to his son to listen to him, to hold the father's words in his heart. And to, to hold them firm 
and not let go of them, no matter what life is going to bring. We always want uh, more for our children than we ever had for ourselves. And we've all made lots of mistakes. And we've all had lots of bumps and, and falls. And we always want to be able to pass on things to our children so that they're not going to fall into those same, those same holes. So Jesus, we see, especially the Father Heart of God, through some of the, the words that he gave uh, in some of his sermons. In Matthew 6, 8, on the Sermon of the Mount, uh, he expresses the Father Heart of God. And he says, your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Because we see the Father, he cares for us. Also in Matthew 6, 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet the Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? God values us, and he sees us as uh, special and precious, and he wants us to be close to him. Matthew 18, he says, Your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. He hates to see his children wandering away from him. And we see this especially in the story of the prodigal son. And I'm just going to read just a few verses just to, so you get that sense of the, the father heart of God and his desire to see his children come back to him. The ones that are wandering to be able to come back and enjoy uh, the care and comfort and love of the father. And it says in verse 15 of Luke, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Then the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and is found. There may be some of us today that never had a true relationship with our creator God. The creator that made us and intended for us to have a relationship with him. And he desires to fix that for you today. So that you can understand the creator that made you. There may be some of us that have never truly had that uh, father-son, father-daughter relationship uh, with that father God. And he desires that you uh, come to him. Uh, so that he can forgive you, uh, so that he can also bring you back home and, and fit a ring on your finger and celebrate with the angels of heaven uh, that you're now one of his children again. Romans 5, 8 says, God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's one of the most powerful verses that I see in the word of God, that while we were still sinners, while we were still walking in all of our sin, Christ died for us in the midst of all of that because of the, of the father love of God for us. And like the prodigal son, the father is waiting there with open arms to receive us and to call as his children or to receive us, receive us again as his children. Now we're going to go into the, the mission heart of God. Like I said to Aaron, we, I can't not talk about mission here. Uh, but from the beginning, we see that mission heart of God throughout scripture. We see it especially uh, in Genesis 12, uh, where you saw the, the blessing uh, of Abraham, and that God said that I will bless you, but I will make you a blessing for all the nations, for all the world I want to bless. It's really interesting that in the Old Testament, uh, God, in the book of Le Leviticus and in Numbers, God puts a special emphasis 
for his love towards the refugees and the, the uh, foreigners that are in the land. Have you ever noticed that? And isn't it interesting what's happening in our world today? How God is, is mixing things around and he is bringing um, uh, refugees and, and foreigners from, from everywhere to everywhere. We live right down uh, in the core area of the city. And I tell you, when we walk out in the streets, uh, there's not many white people on the street at all. There's people from, uh, from Somalia. There's all the Filipinos. There's people from almost every country you can imagine in Africa and Asia, all around us. The schools, there's very few little blonde, uh, um, blonde-headed children in those schools in these neighborhoods. God is bringing them all here, and he's bringing them for you to love uh, and to reach um, uh, with the love of the Father uh, for them. He said to the people of uh, Israel, he says, you once also were a foreigner in Egypt. And we also have to realize that each one of us, before we came to know Jesus, we were also a foreigner. We were wanderers. And we've been brought in to the family of God for him to take us in and for us to love us as well. Understanding God's mission heart, we have to believe, truly believe, that these people have been brought here to Winnipeg and into our neighborhoods for us to be able to reach for Christ. Most of these people that come from places like Somalia or from Syria, we have no way for us to get in there as missionaries or as agencies to be able to reach them. So God has brought them to us. The heart of God, uh, being creator, a lover, being compassionate, sacrificing the most precious, his own son, to win and to keep us in a deep relationship with him for every tribe, nation, and tongue. God's heart, a creator heart, a father's heart, a mission heart for all people from all nations. Now the heart of, heart of man. As I was thinking of how to describe very easily the heart of man, I, I thought of the person of David, uh, the man after God's own heart. And he would probably be the best person to describe uh, his own heart. And he did that very well in Psalm 51. And he talked just about the depravity of his own heart, his sinfulness in his own heart, where he cries out to God. He says, have mercy on me. Wash away my iniquities. Cleanse me. Create in me a pure heart, O God. He knew the God who created him. He knew him as a father. But he also knew his own heart, his own sinful heart, like each one of us, knows it as well. And he knew that the only solution would be the all-merciful God who could truly help him. I don't have to convince any of us, especially the ones that have children, uh, that, uh, of the sinful nature that we have. Uh, as we look at the children as they're running around, now I have a little two-year-old grandson uh, that is running around our house, and he's quite the little mover. And you know, uh, kids that could have all the toys uh, around um, around them, and there'd be one child playing with one little toy um, across the room. And what does that per- what does that little child do? He leaves everything that he has, and he goes and he grabs the toy and maybe bonks the other one on the head to take it away from them, because that's that's the that's the heart of man. That's the heart of a child. Uh, we're, we're sinful in nature. And we see it in much more uh, severe ways when we look at the situation in, in ISIS 
Or right now, if, I'm not sure if Brother Eden's been following what's happening in his own country in, in Nigeria where hundreds of, um, uh, of Christians are being, are being killed and, and persecuted. It's very serious. We need to be praying uh, again and again uh, for the country of Nigeria in some of the difficult times. Last week, um, we came out and Christina got, went to go in the car and the uh, two of our uh, tires in our car were slashed. Uh, they weren't there to steal anything. They just wanted to be bad. And just kind of they slashed our tires and all the hassle that was there. And that just, you, you see it everywhere around us. Just that, that sinfulness uh, of man. The Bible says, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. But praise God that, that we have a, a God that redeems all of that. And as born again believers, God has changed the eternal state of our heart. It says in Romans 5, 5, it says, but God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. As children of God, he's changed our hearts so that we can truly love him and truly be able to follow him. As Christians, our hearts have been changed, but our hearts aren't perfect yet. We need to be careful. Even as the most devout Christians, being pastors or being missionaries, we can all still be led astray, and we see it all the time in the news, and it's such a shame. And it's for this very reason that the author of Proverbs says, above all things, guard your heart. Above all things, guard your heart. In the, 19, in the 1600s, a Puritan by the name of Flavel, he wrote about this verse saying, our hearts are like a musical instrument. After you have tuned them, Maybe you hang them up, or maybe they get bumped, and they're going to go out of tune very quickly. Uh, sometimes the instruments, that our heart, um, uh, if we put them aside, and we don't continue to be nurturing in our time of devotion and prayer and reading of the Bible, or if someone bumps us the wrong way, our hearts um, uh, go out of tune as well. And we need to get back into that relationship. That neglection of our time with God uh, can just... Lead us astray um, uh, so we're not following him. You know, sometimes the littlest things that bump us uh, can really throw us, um, uh, throw us off cord. Uh, what happens if someone cuts us off um, when we're driving down the road? Uh, what, what's, what comes out of our mouth? Or what's at least in our minds? Uh, because sometimes there might be people with us so we don't express really what is in our heart and in our mind. But what is there? Uh, the terrible day with the kids or, or when we walked out to see somebody slashing our tires. Each of us has our own list of how we respond and what comes out of our heart when it's not truly tuned to him. Coming to the text, uh, the father, uh, father to son in Proverbs 4, that continued cry that, that the son would listen and hold on to the teachings of the father. In the English Standard ver uh, Version of the Bible, it says, Keep your heart with all uh, vigilance. I like the way that the NIV, I don't always like the way the NIV uh, kind of translates things, but here it says, guard your heart above all things or above everything else. But I even like it more in Spanish. Um, I, who, where, where's the, where's our um, uh, Lewis and, and um, uh, Carol? They, have they gone away? Um, uh, in Spanish it says, uh, it says this, sobre todas las cosas guardadas, guarda tu corazón, which means Above all the things that you, uh, you guard, guard even more your heart. Okay? 
over all the things that you are guarding, guard even more your heart. And I think that's really what the author is trying to say here. What are some of the things that we uh, hold on to as valuable? What about this church? It's a beautiful church. What do we always say? The last person out, what? Lock the doors, okay? Because we don't want anybody coming in. Our house has, has locks. Our, we, have, we have codes to, um, uh, for alarms. Our cars have, have alarms on them as well. Our bank cards, our credit cards, they all have PIN numbers or double PIN numbers. Our email and Facebook, we all have passwords. Everything to be able to, to hold on to, to, to guard what we truly see as valuable. And the author here is saying, above all of those things, guard your heart. Above all of those things that you see as valuable, please, please guard your heart. What about the other things that we see as valuable? What about your wife? The time with her. What about your children? Being able to have that fun time with them. Uh, being able to bring them to, to all of their activities and the fun things that are around. What about our ministry as pastor or our jobs? What about health? I tell you, brothers and sisters, coming back to Canada, like, that's, everybody just talks about health. And it's, um, I, I, it's a strange thing because there's obvious, just by looking at the size of people and everything around, obviously a lot of people really aren't dealing much about health. But everybody's talking about it. The stores are filled with vitamins. And everybody, we, especially you get older, you get with all of our older friends, what do we talk about? All of our health issues, everything that hurts and all the, the things that are around. It's all of those issues. And, but the author here is saying above all of those things, even above your wife and your children and your job and your ministry, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because it goes on to say, and we're going to go there, saying, because everything else flows from that. Everything else flows from your heart. So if we're not guarding that, we're never going to have that true relationship with our wives and our children and be effective in our ministry or in our jobs because we're not guarding our heart above all these things. So we may need to put aside some of those times or readjust uh, those times that we have with our families or readjust our jobs and the things that we're doing uh, so that we can truly put um, uh, that time with God away. I tell you that when we're in Ghana, we have quite a structured life. And I would say that we have a very disciplined, devotional life and time with God there. Because we just set it, set it in. And I can get up very early by the grace of God. And I can just spend a couple hours just reading and memorizing God's word and, and studying his word. And I just love it. But half of the time uh, we're in Africa, we're traveling around to other countries. And we're living out of suitcases and we're sleeping in other people's homes. And, and it's always being disruptive. And it's those times where we have a real hard time just to hold on to those things we, we see as precious. And it's at that times when we're traveling around is when we need that special time with God. You know what it's like that when, the, when life gets busier, that's when we put the things of God aside. But that's truly when we need to be spending more time with God. So we have to be very disciplined. And we have to be very clear that this is what we have to do. That's why the father here is crying out, guard your heart. Listen to me, son. I've been there before. Guard which is, which is most um, precious to you. The author of Proverbs, uh, he goes on and on to say, above everything, 
Keep it safe. Keep your heart safe. At home or traveling, busy at work or on vacation. And we see uh, that especially with David. You know, David, uh, when he fell into sin with Bathsheba, he was having just a leisurely walk on his terrace. He was just having just kind of a restful time. And his eyes started to wander. And we know all the, story, all the rest of the story. So guard your heart. Why guard your heart? It says at the end of verse 23, For from it flows everything you do. God the creator, God the father, the missional God, he wants to see streams of living water coming out of our hearts, especially so it can touch and refresh other people. Jesus said in Luke 6, out of the abundance of our heart, his mouth speaks. Like I said before, when someone cuts us off, what is the first thing that comes out of our mouth? A blessing or a curse? What's in our heart? Because what is in there is what's just going to flow out. If our hearts are filled with fear, it will affect others. It's going to affect our children when we're afraid. Even our dogs. What happens if, if, a do- if your dog, who knows you very well, senses you're afraid? He starts to bark. Because dogs are sensitive even to the, the fear that we have in our heart. If our hearts are filled with anger, we know how it affects, especially the ones that we love. If our hearts are filled with joy and peace, it will also flow out to others. You know, I just love spending time with old saints and old missionaries, especially. The ones that have just poured out their lives and given their lives to uh, everyone else around them. Uh, I just love being, uh, being with Mary, listening to her stories, reading her books. Uh, two of my favorite women are in the church today, um, as, as, uh, Sister Mary and also Sister Agnes. Um, I, um, I, they just are such beautiful women of God that just, you just love to be around, to be able to just to sense uh, God in them and flowing through them. When we stop caring for the state of our heart, we will truly go astray. So above all things, keep your heart safe. Guard your heart. Like in Spanish it says, um, uh, Sobre todas las cosas guardadas. Guarda tu corazón, hermano Luis. Um, over everything else, guard it. So to end, I just want to repeat again uh, what I said in the beginning. The condition of our heart will truly determine the outcome of our eternal lives, of our daily lives, our ministries, and how we affect others around us. Our families, our friends, our neighbors, those we're also trying to reach out to. Above it all, Guard our hearts. In Ghana, uh, the Lord has given us a special ministry uh, to mentor a lot of young, uh, young men. Uh, many of these young men are just super on fire for Jesus. And they especially have a desire um, to get involved in missions. And many of them have come to me, and I've chosen three of them, and they've asked me to be their mentors. Uh, and so we invite them into our home, and they come and stay in our home regularly. Uh, and we talk about things of God, and we read the Bible together, and we, we, we pray together. Uh, and we talk to them about, about their walk with Jesus. But as we're uh, talking and sharing, the more I get to know them, sometimes I'll ask them, I'll say, um, I, um, do you mind if I, if I um, look at your, your um, telephone, your cell phone, uh, and just kind of see what you have in there? And some of them, a bit sheepishly, they'll give it to me. Other ones, they'll do it very confidently. 
They'll say, I want to look through your pictures. And I want to look through your videos. And maybe some of the history of what you've been looking at in the internet. And, um, uh, and they've gotten used to that. Uh, because I always say, guard your heart. Then I'll ask all of them, I'll always ask, uh, how many of you um, spend every day reading your Bible and praying? How many of you have read from Genesis to Revelations? And you know, very few of them, even though they've been in the church their whole lives, few of them have ever read the entire Bible from cover to cover. And so I immediately put them on a Bible reading plan and a Bible memory plan, and I keep them accountable. And Africans love that. Don't they eat them? They just love when an older person is going to kind of walk alongside them and kind of tell them how to, um, uh, how to walk. I'm not sure if Edom was, was, was agreeing with me or not. Um, uh, but, but I really, the experience that we have, um, uh, they really desire that. They, they want to be taught. They want to be uh, guided. But they've really challenged me as well because as I'm having to guide them and to mentor them, it is a mirror for me to look at my own life. So I have to be very faithful if I'm going to challenge them to read their, the Bible every day and to memorize scripture every day and to spend good time in prayer every day um, and to be careful of what I'm looking at on the internet every day. It's always a challenge for me to be walking the straight path and to guard my heart as well. Brothers and sisters, what are you using your phones and your computers for? Have you ever read your Bible from cover to cover? Are you memorizing scripture uh, so you can keep it deep in your heart? What do you do with your, with your free time? Above your jobs, above your family, I tell you, brothers and sisters, guard your heart. For everything else is going to flow from there. I want to share with you one last proverb, and it's not an African one. It comes from, comes from Abraham Lincoln, uh, and it says, is it on there or not? I'll read it anyway. It says, give me six hours to cut down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Give me six hours to cut down a tree, and I'll use the first four hours sharpening the my axe. Spend time with God in prayer every day. Don't let anything, anything get in the way. Spend time reading and learn to love your Bibles. It will never lead you astray. Spend time memorizing God's word. It's been a joy over the last year doing it with my wife. It will be there when you need it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given it to us to take hold of, to guard in our own hearts, to mold us and to change us. We thank you that you have brought us to be your children. And your cry to us is, as your sons and daughters is to be able to guard our hearts, which you have given us to see as precious and to nurture that in prayer and fasting and reading your word and memorizing your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd help all of us to be faithful in that as well. Lord, I pray that you would have us come to a deep understanding of the reality of the condition of our heart 
is so important to you and so important that everything else is going to flow from it and how it's going to affect other people. And Lord, we pray that, that the way that you work in our lives and the relationship that we have in you can have an effect on our families, our neighbors, and even looking at all the people that you have brought here to Winnipeg and as our neighbors, the Somalis and the Syrians and people from all over, you have brought them here so we can reach them for you. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the privilege to be able to, uh, to share your word and to be able to study it and to be able to, to grow in it, Lord. We thank you for today. We thank you for the warm weather. Uh, we bless you for it. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Rolly.